The following teaching is brought to you by Crosspoint Church. For sermon notes and other resources, visit go to crosspoint.com. Um, so glad that you are here today. Episode one of our series through the book of Acts. I have no idea how long we're going to be in the book of Acts. We're going to just take it and see where it goes. The book of Acts is just the activity that Jesus started when he died and rose again and how that activity continues now, not through him being here physically in person, but working through his disciples, working through his followers, empowered by the Holy Spirit. When you get to the book of Acts, find the book of Acts in your Bible. If you have a Bible with you, a mobile device, you can even just, uh, we have free internet for you today. that you, you're just automatically, it will put you on our uh, Crosspoint guest Wi-Fi and will, uh, you can just uh, tap in there on a search and find Acts 1-8, New Living Translation. Uh, what happens here is Jesus has risen from the dead and they're wondering, okay, Jesus, you talked about that you're the king. Is this kingdom going to happen now? Is now the time? And Jesus says in Acts chapter 1, verse 7, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He says, this, this thing that I've started be really, really important here for you. What we do here at Cross Point is we're not a church, because a church is just a religious institution. We say that Jesus is king. He came here not to start a church, to start a whole new kingdom, a whole new way of living, a whole new way of life, and he's the king. And we as a church are not just a church, we're a kingdom outpost. And Jesus said, here's how it's going to go. It's going to start in a city, in the city of Jerusalem, and then it's going to go regionally to Judea and Samaria. And it's going to go beyond just the city and where it starts here. And then it's going to say it's going to go all over the world. Do you know within 30 years... There are thousands of Christians, thousands of miles away in the, in the city of Rome, in the epicenter of world power, the dominant world power, their capital city. Christianity is already spread there. And then we know just by knowing history and re- reading this uh, from archaeology and historical records that within a few hundred years, it's all the way to the edge of the Roman Empire. It crosses the Atlantic Ocean, uh, the Church of Jesus, the kingdom of God grows and expands. And then somewhere a couple hundred years ago, in the East, here in the United States of America, uh, there was a whole big theme that said, go west, young man, go west. And people came across the country, across this big, uh, unexplored place, and got to California. And in California, 17 years ago, uh, a dude named Steve moved out here to Temecula 17 years ago, started a church called Inland Valley Church, another kingdom outpost in God's kingdom, and that grew and expanded with different locations and sites, and, and how, here's how th- things work in God's kingdom and work in local churches, is that uh, there's times when there's seasons of great growth and excitement and momentum, and then there's like the rhythm of life, like anything else, there's also seasons of, of winter and fall, and so momentum ebbs and flows and fluctuates. Several years ago, at the height of where everything was just going and blowing, we decided, I know what we'll do. Let's start a new church. Let's send one of our best pastors and about 130 people out of our church to start a new church, and they did that back in 2016, 2017, and we felt that a little bit, like, oh man, all those people, we miss them, and Brian's leadership and all that, 
But we, we got through that and we, we recovered from that. We're doing great and felt like in 2019, God put on my heart, let's, let's renew our focus on not just being a church that's here just for the people that are already here, part of the family. Let's renew our focus to outside the walls of the church, locally, regionally, and globally, to do what Jesus talked about here. Not just our city, but our region and even the world. And so we did some things there, and Pastor Tim led us the charge on that. Just so you know, quick little sneak preview for you. In a few weeks, Tim's coming back here to speak for us, and that'll be exciting for us to come in here. Tim, we've been trying to do that for a while now, uh, but because of his new job, and he has four children, and COVID, and shut down, and homeschooling, and all that. So we finally got that worked out, but he's coming back uh, to talk to us about a few things that are going on in terms of uh, some things God's putting in his heart. But... Uh, that was going well. And in one week's time with Tim and his leadership there, we raised $100,000 for world missions to go make a difference in the world out there, here, there, and everywhere. We're all excited about that. We got to the end of 2019 and 2020, and man, we were going and blowing. New people were coming. Like today, I think I met four brand new families that are here today as we're reopening again today. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. I'm not going to point you out. You know who you are. But the fact is, we all, everybody looks new because we haven't been here like this in so long. So, uh, so we, we, that was going and blowing. And then March the 12th hit and the COVID announcement. And, and all of a sudden, things shut down and went sideways and south. And we're having to pivot and ebb and flow uh, in the midst of the COVID pandemic. And it felt like, oh. As we think back to 2020, we feel like, oh. That year was terrible. That was the big year of setback. Ugh. And yet, as we look back on it, even in a year of setback, take a look at what happened.
Yeah, and that was 2021. Yeah, exciting stuff going on here. Even, even in the midst of, a, you could look at last year as a setback, what we've even said, even if last year was a setback, this year we don't want to just come back to normal. Because who wants to come back to normal? How exciting. Let's just get back to normal. What we want is to come back stronger. Uh, and come back stronger in all kinds of ways. And in order to do that, uh, something God put on my heart, gosh, several years ago, I came across this verse in a book of the Bible called Jeremiah. So if you've got a Bible, you may need to go navigate the table of contents to find it. Um, or on your mobile device, navigate there, or just Google Jeremiah chapter 6, New Living Translation, on a uh, Google search. Uh, if you get to Psalms and go to Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, Song of Solomon, then there's Isaiah, then the book of Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 6, great, just a great verse that kind of just conceptualizes and captures the moment we find ourselves in. Jeremiah 6, look at verse 16. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. And let's stop there in the moment in this verse here and look around. See, every time in your family, for you personally in your life, in a business, a school, a church, there are crossroads kinds of moments. Moments you need to stop and go, hmm, we can't just keep going and doing what we've normally been doing here. Let's stop and consider where we are. And rather than just say, well, that looks easy. Let's just go down there. He says, no, stop. Stop and consider and look around. Consider where you are and consider this. Consider where you want to go. Consider where you want to end up. Far too many of us in our personal lives, in our church lives, some of you are in businesses, that nobody ever stops to think, where do we actually want to get? We just kind of do life and just kind of go with the least possible resistance and never take a moment at the crossroads to go, which way should we go? Here's what God's going to tell us to do. As you look around, he says this, ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Now, I read that and hear that and go, old godly way? That just sounds so, uh, so depressing. Like, who wants to do that? I want new, trendy, hip, exciting, sexy, sparkly. Wow, amazing. That's what I want. He says, no, no, ask for the gold, old, gold, old, godly way and walk in it, travel its path, and you'll find rest for your souls. But you reply, no, that's not the road we want, because our tendency is we want hip and cool and sophisticated and complicated. And God says, look, my way is not complicated. It's simple. It's not even sophisticated by worldly standards. Paul tells us in the book of Corinthians, he says, the preaching of the cross, the message of our gospel is foolishness and so simple it's why people reject it over and over again because it just seems like, oh, come on, no, nah, not that. We want something new and hip and cool and trendy, the new cutting edge way to see things and do things and do, do God and spirituality. He says, no, ask for the old godly ways and, and walk in those. He said it's, it's not bodacious and bold, it's basic. And what I think about if we're going to come back stronger, the, the temptation would be to go, What's the silver bullet? What's the new cool thing we could go on there? Let's go to some conference. Let's learn the new, cool, sophisticated, wow, amazing thing to, to sparkle everybody and let's do all that kind of stuff. And God goes, no, no. The way you come back stronger is ask for the old godly ways and walk in those. Because it isn't sexy and it isn't cool and it isn't sophisticated, but I'm telling you what he's going to tell us today. Look at me. It works. There's power in it. 
There's power in ways that the new, cool, hip, trendy things just don't do. Now look at me. There's nothing wrong with the new, the cool, the hip, the trendy. We try to do things. I mean, shoot, we have people wearing tie-dye t-shirts. We have tie-dye cupcakes today for you today. Being sparkly and cool and a great website and great sound system. And we want people, we have people behind the glass that are, that are filming this and sending this outside to my outside people. Yeah, they can, they're out there. Yeah. All those things are good. What we're saying is, if we're not careful as a church, those things can end up being like the end in and of themselves. And like, if we could just get cooler, if we could be, I remember years ago, it was like, we need to be more missional and more, the big word was relevant, which meant basically, if we could do church as hip and cool and trendy as the world does their concerts and their gatherings, then we'll reach more people for Christ. And certainly, we can learn some things from the world. And we want to do all those things. We want to learn how to do church better in terms of websites and apps and technology and all that. But if we put all of our confidence in those things and don't recognize it's got to be infused and enveloped and, and saturated with the Spirit of God and the old godly ways, then it really won't last. And it'll just be like, well, anybody could do that by, by just using what the culture says. We want something that goes beyond just what the culture offers us. Nothing wrong with what the culture offers us and a lot of cool new ways to do things. But let's make sure we do some things that get us back to basics. We want to come back stronger. In order to come back stronger today, I'm going to give you six. Come on, let's do this to come back stronger. The first two are going to be my commitment to you as the leader of the church here, as one of the, as one of the founding pastors, leaders of the church here, to, to say, here's the core. Here's the key commitments. If you, don't have, if you don't have it out yet, on the back of that program, there's a note sheet maybe to write some things down. Before I give you the first one, let me tell you a bit of my story in the last couple of weeks, thinking about us gathering together this weekend. There's a song that was all over the internet this year. It's called The Blessing, written by Carrie Job and Stephen Furtick at a church back in South Carolina. And it was, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. And it's a great song. Man, they did virtual choirs. They did, they did UK versions, African versions, India versions. I mean, everybody was doing this song everywhere. And I had it on taking a walk around the neighborhood here uh, a couple of weeks ago. And there's a verse in there that says, may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And I went, yeah, God, turn your face. And I had a moment there where I thought, maybe the problem is not that God needs to turn his face towards us. Maybe we need to turn our face back towards God. Because everything's sparkly and cool and trendy and hip and we, you know, Amazon and Netflix and all that stuff that's great and beautiful. We can just get distracted. What we want to do as a church here, if we're going to come back stronger, number one, let's keep it all about Jesus. And there can be all kinds of really good things out there that we can do, but they get us off of mission, and it's so, so tricky. Hebrews chapter 12, if you have your Bible, flip from Jeremiah towards the back of your Bible. If you get to Revelation, just start turning backwards from there, and you'll find Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, he says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let's run with endurance the race God has set before us. You know what this he's saying right here? Let's come back stronger. Let's run stronger. But look what the next verse says. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Jesus. 
the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. We're going to do this, guys, in your life personally, in your family, in your small group, for us collectively as a church family. We're going to come back stronger this year by not just looking at what the cool new trendy things are that I do go, let's keep our focus on Jesus. And not just popular Jesus, not just the caricatures of Jesus, of, of promises Jesus and positive image Jesus, or even um, political Jesus, getting Jesus to back my political viewpoints on issues. We're not doing that here. We're going to be, and be prepared as you keep your focus on Jesus from time to time to get frustrated with him. If you don't get frustrated with Jesus once in a while, you're not really looking at Jesus. You have some character of Jesus that you've made up in your own mind. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus, the Jesus of the scriptures. And then a bit more of my journey. Um, A month or so ago, I was listening to a guy named Matt Chandler. You guys ought to Google his village church in Texas. Listen to that guy all the time. Uh, He's so good. And he was talking about this conference he went to, and he saw this short film on the, where God is moving in the world right now. And you, we don't know this in the West. You know where the, the, the kingdom of God is going crazy right now? Iran. By the thousands, men and women are coming to Christ. Nobody's talking about it because it's illegal to be a Christian in Iran. It's illegal to proselytize. You, there are people, you, you become a Christian in Iran, it's like you don't know when you go to work that day if you're coming back, literally. In this, and they talk about the people that are there in Iran, and they had a lady on there, and it's, you, you, it's called Chief Among Wolves or something like that. Google it. You can look at it at some point about the, the church and the movement of God in Iran. But uh, one of the people who's a key leader in the church, a woman there, uh, they disguised her voice and appearance because she could be in a lot of trouble there. She said, several years ago, we moved, our family moved to the United States to you know, it's a better place to raise kids and some of the, the, the challenges and the difficulties of being persecuted and, and all that in Iran. And then she said this, and it ranks, it just, I went, oh, dang, she saw something here and said it in such a way that it was so profound. She said, we recognize after several years of being here that we needed to move back to Iran. Now, look, guys, it's fashionable in the whole world right now to beat up on the United States. Even in the West, even in America, we beat up the United States. I think it gets overdone all the time. But she wasn't so much beating up on the United States. What she said was this. She said, we recognize for me, for our kids, that our faith was more in jeopardy in the United States than it was in Iran. And she says, and here's what she said that was so powerful. Because the West is not being persecuted by Satan and demons. We're being sung a demonic lullaby. Material. I mean, again, guys, look, all the blessings we have. We live in great houses. We have great money. We have 401ks. And look, there's nothing wrong with that stuff. But if we're not careful, that becomes God stirs our hearts to action. And then all of a sudden, like, let's go binge watch something. And it's like, oh, here's a little pacifier. Here's a little binky. Just go back to sleep. Just lay there. Let's go back to sleep. Don't, don't, come on. Don't get all crazy about that stuff. Go to church. Do your religious stuff. Do your spiritual stuff. But come on, don't get all riled up about it. Uh-uh. What I want us to do here for as long as I have left to be a pastor at this church, and I probably have at max about 10 years, depending on health and if I'm still getting in the way, still being productive here, about 10 years here. What I want us to be here, not just for this year, but for years moving forward, write this down number two, I want us to make some trouble. If we're a kingdom outpost, 
If we're a kingdom outpost, we are not just designed here to just, let's do church. Get them here, be greeted, get some coffee, sit down, sing some songs, hear a message, whatever. Come, I want us to make some trouble. We're called here to invade, to be a kingdom outpost means we launch out from here to make a difference in the world, to make some trouble for the darkness. And I've told you guys this over and over again, we are... The darkness is disguised here by nice cars and nice homes and nice clothes and nice schools. Just as much darkness out there here, just disguised and sanitized and perfumed, (laughs) whitewashed. Let's make some trouble. And guys, it's not going to be about boycotts and protests and voting campaigns to get our issues passed. Nothing wrong with any of those, but that's not how it's going to get done. And it's not even going to be, like I said, better websites, better facilities, better pastors, better, better musicians, better sound systems, and better media. It's not going to be done, done with that. Paul's going to tell us that the struggle we're in as a kingdom outpost, he said it's not against flesh and blood. It's against spiritual realities that we're oftentimes blissfully unaware because we've been lulled to sleep by them. Second Corinthians, turn back to that, ver- that chapter, that uh, book in the Bible. If you get back to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you've gone too far. Acts, Romans, 2 Corinthians, chapter 10, says this. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4. It says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. What he's going to tell us is, Luke, we don't do this with just things we can just see and feel with natural kinds of, of, of weapons and, and, str- and strategies and methodology. He said it's spiritual stuff that we work with. That's where the power is going to be. Nothing wrong with everything that we do, with a great website, sound system, a good facility, nothing wrong with any of that. He said, but if we don't get in touch with the spiritual realities going on here, we're just kind of spinning our wheels, making a lot of activity and a lot of heat, but no light, and we're not really making a difference here. And so I want us to Keep it all about Jesus. I want us to be committed. I'm going to be committed to week in and week out calling you out to make some trouble where you live for the kingdom of God, to rescue people out of darkness. And to do that in a way using the weapons that God's given us. And I want to show you now these next four let's do this statements are all about helping make that happen, kind of strategic things we're going to do here to make that happen. Number three is let's get ready. Let's get ready. And how we get ready, there's lots of different ways to do it. The primary way we try to get you guys ready here as a, as a faith community and family here is gathering here together on the weekends like we're doing here and outside. There they are. <laughs> gathering in person and out, outside. Gathering online, digitally. Gathering here physically. But not just here in rows, but also uh, the video you just saw, 83% of the adults that attend our church here are in one of our small groups that meet on, on Mondays through Thursday nights here. And so we want to get you in one of those groups. And those groups, the purpose of those groups during the week, there it's you sit in, in circles, not in rows. And it's not so much a Bible study as it is a chance to talk about the Bible, but to make some strong friends that will be a catalyst for spiritual growth in your life. The purpose of those gatherings, you can write this down, it won't be up on the screen But my whole deal there and the leaders that are there to lead those small groups for you is to encourage, equip, and inspire you. 
Encourage, equip, and inspire using the word of God and the power of community to make that stuff happen. And we're going to do it physical. And we've even learned some lessons this year, learned some new methodologies. We never would have learned it had COVID hadn't come about digital and how to do even small groups and do digital. And some of you goes, I don't like that. Well, then just learn it for the physical groups. We've also learned this. Some people don't want just the physical or just the digital. So we're making a hybrid model called, watch it, fidgetal. <laughs> I didn't make that one up. That's somebody else. I ripped that off from somebody else. So if you like that, uh, you're welcome. If you didn't like it, it's not my lame thing. Somebody else made it up. But fidgetal. And some people want to hire. I've talked to people. People go, look, it'd be nice, you know, I could be an in-person and in-small group, but once in a while, what if we could just stay at home and do it online? Some of you go, yeah, it'd be kind of nice once in a while, especially with kids going back to school and figuring out that whole new metric and that whole new rhythm and all that kind of stuff. And we're super excited about how our small groups are going to launch out. Uh, we're in the, the last quarter of small groups right now. If you're newer to our church, uh, my wife and I, along with Dwayne and Kim Legg, who are sitting right over there, um, are leading a group that's for newer people to cross point. So if you're newer today and you go, we kind of like this church, we think we might find some more about it, let us know on that connection card, that new to cross point small group. We'd love to have you join that and find out a little more about us and get to know you and get to know some of the new people that are here as well. But as we go into the fall this year, we're going to expand the core of what small groups have been about, which has largely been message-based small groups where we kind of talk about what we talked about here this weekend and how does this apply and what, how we dig deeper into the topic and, and the issues. We're going we're to do some things with marriage and family kind of groups, issues of, of recovery kind of groups and, and financial recovery and those kind of things. Even we've heard from a lot of you, we would like some more training on like theology and, and Bible training and, and doctrine. So we're going to do some of that and we're going to use the small group framework. It's not going to be some talking head up there going, wah, 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 wah. We want this to be formed around relationships in those groups. So stay tuned for that. That's coming this fall. Let's keep it all about Jesus. Let's make some trouble. Let's get ready. And then number four, let's get in the game. And for some of us, it's let's get back in the game. And look at me for a second, guys. Sometimes when pastors get up here at Vision Weekends like this, they go, come on, you guys, get off the bench and get in the game. A lot of you are already in the game. You're doing fantastic. We, we serve here and, and, and love people well here. But I've also sensed this. As things are reopening again, I just have this, this thing in my gut that I felt from so many different random conversations in the plaza when I've met people for lunch and coffee and stuff around town. I'm hearing this and sensing this. They're going, hey, I'll, hey, coach, put me back in. I want to play. I, and I, I go, I don't want to play like I used to play. I've learned some things here. Now I want to step up and lead some things and do some things here. I want to get in the game. And so here's the three ways you can get in the game with us. R write them down. Serve, invite, and give. Get on a team and serve here. We're trying to get Saturday nights open back up again, uh, fully open again, especially with children's ministry. We want to get some things open up again with our first impression setup and teardown teams. We need 40 or 50 people to join in and jump on a team. It's rotating teams. You serve two weeks on, two weeks off. But get in the game. And look, this is not just because we need you. We want this for you. You will discover how exciting it is to be on a team with people getting to know those people, and to know that when those people get baptized up here in our baptism pool, people become Christians here, new people come here and get connected here. You know who did that? It wasn't about the great message. Thank God it wasn't about the message. About the message, nobody would stay here. It's because of what the family does, what the community does here to serve, 
to, to get her early and set up outside chairs and, and the canopies outside, to get the technology in place, to run the cameras back there, to take pictures, to set up the flags and the signs out in the streets so people can find us. They're doing all that and more. We need people to, to, so if you want to help out and you go, well, I would work with the kids or I would work in the office or I would maybe lead a small group or student ministries or join the prayer team or first impressions or greetings, set up, tear down. Those are all a bunch of things you can do. Get in the game, put that on your connection card. And if you've been coming here longer than, than eight weeks and you're not serving yet, we have screwed up. Because we, we never want anybody to sit here and just sit in the sidelines and just watch. Now, look, there's sometimes ebbs and flows in health and issues of, you know, newborns and challenges and stuff like that. But look, it's not, again, we don't want this from you. We want it for you. You're going to have a better experience here by, by jumping in and being part of a kingdom outpost. See, if we're a cruise ship, then our job is here to entertain you. We're not a cruise ship. We're a battleship. we got work to do. we got some trouble to make. I need you to join one of the teams and be on. I want you to invite people. Our, our goal here is that everyone invites someone. And our, our, our strategy to get the word out is to have a good website and stuff like that. We, at this point, have not done a whole lot of the direct mail campaigns and advertising and all that kind of stuff. What we want is for everyone to invite someone. So that by the end of this year... You can look back and go, I, I, I've, I've invited at least two people, two families, to come check out the church. And it's not your job to get them here, but they're never going to get here unless somebody says, hey, come check it out. Come see. And you ever know what's going to happen with that conversation that will lead to gospel conversations with Bible and prayer and those kind of things as well. So be aware that everyone invites someone. And for those of you that are extroverts and like, well, that's easier for you. Those of you that are introverts uh, as well. This is for everybody. Everybody gets involved in this. And then Give. Uh, this is where it gets a little tense because people go, oh, and now I was going to talk about the money. He wants our money. And the answer that, to, that, to that fear is absolutely yes. As a, as a church, you need to give. We want you to give here to fund the mission, the vision, the strategy of what God has called us to be and do here. But I'm telling you right now, in 2021, you guys did that so well. We ended the year in a crazy year where I thought we're going to have to follow people and we're going to have to tap into all of our savings and ran it all the way. We had our, this is crazy to say, our best financial year ever <laughs> in COVID. Way to go. For those of you that give and sacrifice and all that, we want you to get in on that if you're a part of this church, is to get in the game, get back in the game by giving. In the book of Malachi, God issues this challenge. He issues this dare. He says, hey, to, to, the, to, God, to my people, he says, hey, I dare you to give. I dare you to give off the top, not after, what you've, after you've spent it all. Take, take what's off the top and give that to God, to God's kingdom, to God's mission. Bring it to the storehouse, bring it to the church, and give to God off the top. He says, then watch what I do. Watch what I do when you start to trust me with your money like that. I said, I'm going to open the windows of heaven and rain down blessings on you. And guys, I could bring up to you today to you, I'm looking out here, I'm not going to point them out, people who at some point in their life decided I'm going to give to God off the top, not off the leftovers, even to take that challenge to I'm going to give to God by tithing, giving one-tenth of our income. And look, when they did that, it was a challenge. They had to make some adjustments and move some things around. It was difficult and weird, but they did it and they said, it was the best decision I ever made. And it wasn't like all of a sudden now I won the lottery and we just got rich. Now, in some cases, I'll bring, I could bring some people up here to tell you, like, it's crazy when they started tithing, when they started taking that tithing challenge, what God did there to bless their life. But he said it was bigger than just the financial blessings. Well, when you start to go, when you start to trust God with your money, 
Money's usually the last holdout because money, wait for it, costs me something to give, literally. But when you do that, you'll watch your relationship with God go to the next level and you'll experience joy and freedom and all that. And so we go, well, I don't know how to do that. I'm glad you asked. Financial Peace University. We offer this course all the time here. It's designed to set you free. My wife and I took it years ago. It set us free in so many finances. You know what it also did for us? Those of you that are couples and that fight about money all the time, we stop fighting about money. It gave us a common language. So sign up for Financial Peace University. It's such a great thing, uh, and we'll get you hooked up with that class the next time we offer it. I dare you to serve. I dare you to invite. I dare you to give. Take that challenge today, whatever God's speaking into your heart. Number five, let's get in the game. And then number five, let's use our weapons. In the book of Acts, it tells us that the early church was devoted to prayer and the Word. But those are the weapons. They didn't have a website. <laughs> they had no app. They had no advertising budget. You know what they had? They had the Bible and they had prayer. That was the weapons that they used to make a difference. The Word of God tells us, it tells us in Ephesians chapter 6 and Hebrews 4, it says the Word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword. He said, it's the best weapon you've got. And some of us go, well, you know, I just, I struggle with reading the Bible. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know, whatever. I go, well, look, dude, um, and dudettes. <laughs> Anything you ever got good at, were you good at it the first, did it just come naturally to you? Think about the first time you tried to ride a bike or a skateboard or drive a car or dance, or play golf, or anything you've ever got good at. You know how you got good at it? Even when one is difficult and awkward at the beginning, you just kept doing it. In 1 Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, Paul tells Timothy this, hey, train yourself for godliness. We in the West, it's all about inspiration. Try harder, just try harder. Forget about trying and start training yourself. Just keep showing up. And they're, and they're discovering even in the business world. This doesn't come from a Bible, God, Jesus thing at all. I've listened to some business podcasts recently. You know what they're telling these people? They say, if you're going to be successful in life, do not reach for your smartphone in the morning. Do not turn the computer on and don't reach for the TV remote. The first 15 minutes, read, pray, meditate. It'll make you a better person. And if that's true for the secular, just in, in general, let's get our Bible out. Read, pray, meditate meditate, and make that be the first thing you do. Now, look, if it's not the first thing you do, I'm just telling you what you need to do in order to, to make it work for the Word of God to become living and active in your life is that we've got to get to a place where we pick a time and a place. It can't just be, well, you know, I'll get to it at some point. Before I get up in the morning, after breakfast, before I go to work, at lunch time at work, after I get home from work, when I get the kids to bed, sometime pick a time and a place, and it needs to be I don't think it has to be every day, but just pick some days, pick some times and places to read and then to pray. And with prayer, prayer is a powerful weapon that we have uh, to use to make some trouble in this world. And people say, well, I'm not any good at praying. Praying is just a struggle for me. I don't know what to do with that. And we're oftentimes intimidated because we listen to people pray who've been Christians a long time ago. I can't do that. And so we don't pray at all. And my the thing I tell people all the time who struggle with praying, I say, can you talk? 
If you can talk, you can pray. So quit, work, quit praying and just start talking to God. And just start talking to God. And don't worry about trying to make it sound like that person who's been praying a long time and has developed a rhythm and a cadence of prayer that's meaningful and beautiful for them. Don't worry about that. Just talk, talk to God. And some of that is by yourself. Sometimes that's with other people, friends. In your small groups, every time we gather together, we take someone to pray together, not just by ourselves. I'm going to tell you, encourage you too, our prayer team is in the back today, in that back corner of the room. Pray here at church, and sometimes you pray by yourself in your seat, but we have a chance that when the service is over today, if you got stuff that you're struggling with, decisions you got to work on, uh, some things you're just carrying the weight of the world right now and you need prayer, go back and talk to them. And again, this is not some big divulge your whole gory, nasty story to them, but just, hey, we're struggling with some stuff. Can you pray for us? Bob and Katie, we'd love to pray with you today about that. I'll remind you again about that at the end. Um, with our prayer team in your small groups. And then we, they talked about it um, on the video just a few minutes ago. We have a thing that we just started last month called Third Thursday. You know why it's called Third Thursday? Guys, <laughs> it's on the third Thursday of the month. We're going to do it. We're not that hip and cool and relevant. <laughs> it's a day of prayer and fasting. And we're going to build that into the rhythm of our church right now to gather at 9 a.m., 1 p.m., and 5 p.m. here in the building and then we'll send you out a reminder on Wednesday, a link to, oh, it's awesome. That's the best. We're going to pray together. And people ask, what's the fasting thing about? Well, Jesus from time to time said, look, you're gonna, there's some things in your life that you're never going to experience a real breakthrough you want except by prayer and fasting, where you take a break from food or from TV or entertainment or fast from something. And I don't understand that dynamic of why fasting is so instrumental in it, other than just trusting Jesus that he's smarter than I am. <laughs> and it's going to tell us there's some things that you're going to... So we're going to fast together on that third Thursday. And then I want to encourage you to start uh, once a week walking and praying, getting out of your house, and walking around, walking around in your neighborhood, walking around, not through the schools, because schools are meeting, you'll get thrown out of there, but walking in the perimeter of a school, walking around by the, at the mall, wine country, parks and neighborhoods, just walk around, and on the, on the intersect part of that program today, it's somewhere there, I think it's on the back or somewhere there, just find intersect, here's some questions to ask yourself and ask God to do as you prayer walk, as you talk to God and walk is say, God, God, what's God bringing to my attention? God, what, I did this this morning, guys, walking around my neighborhood. Just say, I'm, I'm going to start practicing what I preach. And it was weird, some things that God brought to my attention in my little neighborhood in Red Hawk. What's God stirring up in my heart? That just, just stirring something in there. And to have an awareness of not just to pray by myself in a room or quiet, but to go out there and see the world we live in. What are the obstacles and the challenges and the hindrances that we got to pray against right now? There's a lot of them. There's stuff going on. There's real darkness and evil out there. Oh God, what, what do you want us to come against? What do you want to call, call us to use this weapon of prayer against? And then what are the opportunities? What are the exciting things going on at my church? What are exciting things going on in the community? What are exciting things that the teacher at the school wants to do? And I could be, what can I pray for? Not just what do I pray against? And then look for opportunities 
as you meet people and talk to people. There might be conversations that get stirred up and people come to you about stuff. Several years ago, I prayed in the driveway of my home with a guy here and just said, hey, can I pray for you about that right now? And it's a little weird, like pray right now and out loud in public with everybody. You know what, guys? I've done this several times. Nobody ever says no. They might be uncomfortable. They go, well, if you want to, okay. And just pray and watch what happens. Just pray and watch what happens. And, and, and prayer walk. And, and again, prayer, I, saw, I heard this analogy years ago by a guy named Sammy Tippett. He's a prayer warrior guy, written all kinds of books on prayer. He said, often in the church, what we try to do is we have the ground war of our church services, of our youth groups, of our children's ministry, of our website, of small groups. We have all the ground war stuff we try to do, and we're working really hard at that. He says, but what if we could understand that prayer is not the ground war, prayer is the air war. And those of you in the military know who goes in first before the tanks go in and before the soldiers go in, who goes in first? The bombers come in first to bomb the snot out of that enemy, to weaken them significantly. So when we go in there, the enemy has been significantly weakened. What if we could see prayer like that? See, we think, we, here's what happens. I know some of you are thinking, oh, prayer. Okay, we're supposed to do that because the Bible says, what if we could see, if we could see it, that how prayer works in this world where we're trying to make a difference is when we start to pray, we start to use the sword of the Spirit, our Bible, that what happens in the world of evil in the unseen realm is they don't get all that intimidated by our great sound mix or by a great sermon presentation. They don't get all that intimidated by uh, our programs and, our, and, our, and the things that we do. You know, where they, all of a sudden they go, oh no. Oh crud. Oh. is when God's people, when they heard the bombers coming over, when the Spirit of God and the angels of God are coming out to bomb the, literally bomb the hell out of hell. That's what prayer does. Prayer does that. The Word of God does that. Let's use those weapons that God has given us to make a difference. And then the last thing I want to give you today is number six, let's relentlessly pursue righteousness. I, I was going to put the word holiness, but holiness is one of those words people go, mm. but what we're talking about is let's get after holiness. And again, that's, that's the, Jeremiah says, let's walk in the old godly ways. You go, holiness? Some of you are holiness and go, I kind of threw up my mouth a little bit. Second um, Corinthians chapter 7. Verse 1. Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit and let's work toward complete holiness because we fear God. The second one I want you to see today is in 2 Timothy. So go to the right in your Bibles and flip there. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 says, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. Flip over to the right in your Bibles a little more to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. And then go to 1 Peter, just a few more pages to the right. 1 Peter chapter 1, look at verse 14. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now 
you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the Scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. You know what's going to make a difference out here in the world? Is to see a community of people that don't care if people like them or not. Saying, look, I'm tired. Some of us are getting our butts kicked by both Satan and Jesus because we're trying to play for both teams. Over here we have the Jesus shirt on and we're on Jesus' team and then pull that off and then put the other, forget about that. What if we said we're going to be relentlessly pursuing righteousness and we're done compromising. We're done trying to try to please everybody. We're going to, look, we're going to please Jesus. Whatever that means, whatever the cost is, our band's going to come up right now. We're going to sing a song called I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. It's an old school song, No Turning Back. No turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me. Though none go with me, still I will follow. We're going to sing that song together today. Now, one thing, a bit of business that I forgot to do earlier, and so it kind of we have to do this now. You'll see in the back of your uh, connection card today, we need to vote today on our elders and on the budget. We mailed things out to you earlier this week that kind of had all that laid out. If you have more questions about that, kind of put a note on there. We'll talk about that. But you want to get that finished, filling that out at some point here and drop that in the buckets, or not the buckets, but the boxes um, on the doors as you before you leave today. But we're going to sing right now. We're going to sing some songs to Jesus and about Jesus. Guys, I want us to come back stronger. I want us to make some trouble keeping it all about Jesus, which means we're going to be committed to getting ready, to getting in the game or back in the game. We're going to use the weapons that God's given us, the primary ones, and we're going to relentlessly pursue righteousness. And so, Jesus, we come to you today to declare that even if nobody else goes, we're going with you. We want to come back stronger. We want to make some trouble in this world. We have decided to follow you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. For more resources, check out go to crosspoint.com.